I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, coffee on Sundays and duct tape through the week. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 320, Coffee, the Oven, and Duct Tape. And I don't usually go with titles like that. I don't usually go with lists or long titles, but I couldn't settle on where exactly things fall. But before I even get started, I have to laugh at myself because I turned everything on and I plugged everything up. And I got ready to start and I had this sense of all this space. And I sat here for a minute and I thought, wow, that is really strange. Why does it feel so spacious? Because this is not a spacious spot. I thought, well, I don't know, but here we go. And I got ready to talk and realized I didn't have a microphone in front of me. Totally, totally silly moment. I actually laughed out loud at myself. It's just sitting out of the way and has to be pulled into place and plugged up. But it's a very funny thing to have forgotten in that moment. So here we go with episode 320. And episode 320 is about Sunday because Sundays are different. Sundays are different. And so with that in mind, I decided to just go ahead and push aside other notes on drawing other notes on creative journey, the things I was thinking about for the show I had been going to record. And instead, I'm going to jump around a little bit in time because Sunday always brims differently. We share coffee in the Creativity Matters group on Sunday mornings, and it has become a favorite time of the week, a favorite hallmark of community. Coffee in all shapes and sizes Mugs big, mugs small, coffee that isn't coffee, coffee that happens before dawn, coffee that happens mid-afternoon, and coffee that happens even later. Coffee at any point. And yet the sharing of coffee, a symbolic point in the day, shared coffee. My coffee isn't always easy to photograph. That's really true. It isn't easy to photograph. or I'm not comfortable sharing those photographs. I soak up and into weekend mornings. I've said that. I've grown into that. I have come to appreciate that. And in my space, that doesn't really leave something pretty to photograph. But I can enjoy the view of others so generously and openly shared. But it isn't really about the perfect photo or the perfect space or the perfect coffee mug. Sunday coffee transcends that. We all come to the table, our own table, wherever we are, our own chair, our own bed, and set down our mug. I am here. We stop. We freeze frame the moment. We capture a moment that is somehow hopeful and basic daily and real. My morning coffee doesn't always seem pretty. 
I actually always think it is very pretty, but it doesn't seem like a photo. My morning coffee doesn't always seem like something worthy of a photo in appearance, but I enjoy the camaraderie. We need that. I think so many of us are looking for that. Whether we define ourselves as extroverts or as introverts, many of us are looking for others to somehow connect with. To make those connections beyond marketing, beyond competition, something simpler, more basic. Let's just have coffee. Shared coffee. Somehow it lets us make inroads that operate beyond so much of what seems to otherwise define our interactions at large. Coffee lets us somehow chime in. I am here. Hey, I'm glad you are here. How was your week? It's not too much. It's not too little. Some days it's just right. Definitely a Goldilocks moment. I watch the small CMP group interact on Sundays and it makes me smile because it shows me what is and can be possible. And I see it in other groups too. I see other groups who have certain check-in points and traditions that really work. And I'm always somehow filled with hope when I see those moments. These kinds of groups and these kinds of traditions and these kinds of check-ins bring to mind stories like the Elm Creek series and Ladybug Farm. Not the deepest of stories, but stories that definitely fall in line with Sunday coffee and that I have very much enjoyed through the years. Sometimes you need something that's not too much and not so deep, and it just lets you be. On this Sunday, I woke to light, the sense of light, waking a bit later than normal. And so there was this awareness of light in the room. But out the window, when I looked, I saw that the street was shrouded in a heavy fog. Because it is Sunday, I went into the kitchen an hour or so into the morning and thought, maybe I will make muffins. That fits with Sundays. Muffins, at least out of a box, have been appearing on Sundays. Magically, right? No, not really magically. Mixing the few things you need from a box, though, is about all I can muster. But it works. It's okay, and I'm okay with that. And there is some tiny semblance of a habit to it. Certain foods on certain days. I like that. And muffins, even from a box. It's a treat for me, really. So maybe muffins today. That's what I thought. This was last Sunday. That's what I thought. But then I caught sight of the light in the oven. So many things are broken. I have said this before. And while not true for everyone, thankfully, for some of us, we do reach a point where things start to break. Maybe in series, maybe in sequence, maybe at the same time, things start to break. And maybe we can't manage to fix all the things. It can be a bad cycle. The cycle of aging, of things aging. There have been many, many, many things break in recent years. Some days I joke with my kids about all the things that are broken that we just work around. We deal with, we get used to. Broken is, in its own way, an unfortunate new norm. And kind of funny because of that. But the oven, the oven is in a rank of its own. 
and the oven is becoming a saga for far too long. And I'm sure it was mentioned in one show or other for far too long. We couldn't open the oven drawer. And that was a problem. We couldn't open it to get two pots and pans that were in the drawer. So we could only use what had already been out before the drawer stuck. That problem lingered for a very long time. Now we can open the drawer. That's a good thing. But for months and months, I don't even know how long, we haven't been able to open the oven door all the way. It opens at maybe a 20 degree angle. Clearly that's a problem. You have to be very careful to remove whatever you cook so that you don't burn yourself and so that whatever it is doesn't slide to the bottom of the oven. Slide off of a cookie sheet, for example, or just slide. In the case of pulling a frozen pizza out, there is definitely a risk of everything sliding as you try and pull it out at that angle. Months and months, we did arrange for repair. Finally, it took months and months, but we did arrange for repair. And that was maybe four or five months ago, maybe longer. The repair person came, assessed the problem, ordered the parts, and then didn't show up for the installation, for the repair. So months and months go by. These things, they don't seem like they take forever, and yet then they do. They linger forever, and suddenly you can say years and years. So it can become a very, very slippery thing. Months and months, definitely. The kids will never learn how to use the oven, I joke, because they can't open it. So finally, enough is enough. We reschedule again. Someone comes. I hand over the parts that arrived. He works on it. And then he calls me in. The door opens now. Great, I think. That was easy. But wait. Why is this not great? The guy clearly doesn't seem to be thinking great. I can tell that by looking. The door opens now, he repeats. But... The other guy only ordered hinges for one side. So now the door doesn't close. He shows me. You close the door and it bounces back open. Not a lot, but some. A few inches. I'll have to order new parts, he says. Now keep in mind, with the initial problem, with the door not opening all the way, we could still use it. The door not closing is something else entirely. So we can't use the oven, I say, confirming what does seem obvious. Right, he says. The door won't stay closed. After he leaves, we joke that this is incredibly stupid. We've gone from a door that won't open to a door that won't close. But, we think, we could still, if we really wanted to, use the oven and just stand and hold the door shut. 15 minutes, 20, whatever it might take. We do have certain things we eat on certain days. And at least one of those is a favorite day and it does require the oven. So we joke about it. I go back to work. Only later do I realize that with the door permanently open, the oven light stays on. And with it on, the oven stays oddly hot. Much hotter than I would have expected. The oven door and the top are both hot to the touch. 
I worry about fire. I worry about the bulbs burning out, which I'm sure would never get replaced. There is no way to turn them off. So I do what any responsible person would do in this situation. I duct tape the oven door shut. Lime green duct tape that I bought a few years ago for my son to make a duct tape wallet. I find it. It's the only roll I can find. So I find it. I use it. I duct tape the door in four or five places and a half hour later it has popped right back open. I duct tape it down the sides. More places. More tape. It pops back open. It continues to pop back open. Every time I walk in I reposition and tighten the duct tape. It is a futile process and I've almost used up that roll of duct tape now. So no muffins. I didn't even realize how often I really do use the oven. Until now, I no longer can. The kids may not eat fancy foods, but we do eat a lot of things that go in the oven. In the oven, including frozen pizza on Sundays. What a pain. A silly thing. But something that makes you stop and think. Makes you stop and think. And it's funny how we forget over and over and over again that the oven doesn't work until we go in the kitchen to make something that will go in the oven and then go, oh yeah, can't do that. So days and days passed, days and days, a week's worth of days almost since I first recorded the first part of the story. And every time I walked in, I readjusted the tape. And like I said, I wasted most of what was left of the tape. I tried sticks. I tried long handles. I tried the handle of the broom. I tried the handle of the Swiffer. I tried to find a way to somehow wedge the door shut. The door became my nemesis. I would walk in. I would stand and look at the door, which was now open again and the light on and the heat coming out. And I would think, what can I do to make this door stay shut? And one night I walked in and I stood there looking just looking and looking around. The door had started popping open at me just to prove a point, I felt. So I grabbed a plastic soup ladle just to see. I don't know what I thought was going to happen. Obviously, it's not long enough to reach from top to bottom. But I wedged the handle between the stove, or between the oven, and the counter. And weirdly, it was just enough somehow to hold the door shut satisfied, I went to bed. And the door was still closed in the morning. Now, one by one, as everyone woke up, no one could understand why in the world this had worked. It made sense to me, but it made no sense to anyone else. And they kept trying to touch it. And I kept saying, no, 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 don't touch it. Don't touch it because right now it works. So just don't touch it. I don't really care why it works. It did. And I was glad that it worked. And it worked amazingly. It worked amazingly until we got a little bit cocky and decided that we really might just have to try and hold the door shut so that we could cook something. And things went downhill fast. Let me just say that it's worse now than it was. And that emergency repair the guy told me he was putting in, which would be four to five days, is now at least another three weeks off, and I don't believe it will be fixed when they come. So I have no idea. No idea. It may be months and months and months. So why this story? I've thought a lot about it. 
got all ready to record it and started recording it and then thought, why am I recording this story? Why am I sharing this story? Why does it matter? And why does it matter on the show or does it and how does it fit? It's kind of funny. Maybe in the you had to be there sort of way, maybe. It's definitely an ironic and unexpected problem. This door that wouldn't open and then wouldn't close. This image of lying green duct tape, that is worth a moment of consideration. And yes, it does tie in at least in a little bitty way to that duct tape wallet from so long ago. I definitely don't want to draw the oven. I don't. Kitchen's messy. I don't want to draw the oven. But for some reason, this story feels symbolic. This constant readjustment. But first we have a problem. So this problem and this attempt at a solution and this constant readjustment, reassessment, this determination, the determination to keep it shut, the acceptance of certain things, we can't use it, and the refusal of others. One of the questions on a popular personality test asks something along the lines of, are you more creative or are you more practical? Something like, I'm more practical than creative or vice versa. And you rank where you fall on that spectrum in terms of how you respond to that statement. And that question stops me every single time. Every single time. Are you more creative or are you more practical? It's not the only question that is confusing for me on this very popular test. I have taken this test a zillion times. And there are several questions that I have a really hard time figuring out. But that one, that one at least I'm going to own up to because that one really, really stumps me. It stumps me because of this show. It stumps me because of this show, probably. Creativity Matters podcast, and before that, the Creative Mom podcast, and always about the creative journey and about some celebration of creativity, both in myself and back then and even today in my kids. Are you more practical or are you more creative? And it just kills me to know that I fall on the practical side. I find that incredibly ironic. And I can't wrap my head around what that means or what that says. It is a sticking point in so many ways. I see people every day who are driven by their creativity. They imagine, they invent, they create. They go to places they didn't expect. They view their creativity in a very specific way. Sometimes it's mystical or sometimes it's just symbolic or sometimes it's a force that they just give themselves over to or into. I make art every day and I think that I am a creative thinker almost always. I think I am a problem solver, typically, but I think I am very practical and I think I might be practical about my creativity When I'm faced with this set of boxes, creative versus practical, I know that I'm practical. And the art I do, the art that I create, the things I make, the ways in which I am absolutely an advocate for daily creativity, for art making in any form, I'm not always so sure that that's creative. 
creative. It definitely made me stop and think about this. It's like a spinning vortex, and I'm not willing to dive off the edge or into it and wormhole my way somewhere else. I'm really not. I don't know, though. A portrait a day? I sit down, I look at a picture, and I draw it. I sit down and look at a coffee cup, and I draw it. That's creative in a different way than other people are creative. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. I actually think they are all important. But when it comes to the spectrum between practical and creative, it made me stop and think. It really did. Drawing a chair or a window or a teddy bear or a portrait. I don't know, ultimately, that my act of drawing every day isn't somehow practical. This is not some I-need-help moment at all. I know I'm creative. I know if asked that people would say that, but I also know that I am very practical. Finding a way to get that oven door to stay shut, it was practical. It was driven by a fear of fire, in part. Practical. And yet, also creative. There are often ways to make things work. And believing in that, it is both practical and creative, and I am good with that. Having coffee in virtual ways in order to reach out and connect, it's both practical and a creative approach. The room seemed light when I woke, but when I pulled back the curtains, I could see that while bright out, it was foggy. On other days, the opposite might be true, but only by pulling back the curtains can I really tell one way or another. On the day that I started this show, I had a list. I am getting back on track with morning lists. They make a difference. They really do. The little things that I have stopped along the way or let slide they do make a difference. And when I add them all up, all of those little differences make a big difference in how I feel and what I do and what I manage. And it's important. So made a list. And whether I managed to do everything on that kind of list, that daily list or not, it ultimately doesn't matter. I didn't even actually manage to record this show that weekend after I started it. I didn't manage to finish the show, obviously. I didn't get to everything on the list, but having the list helps me feel more organized helps show me what I could or maybe should do. And then I can see what happens and what I can fit in and what I can check off ultimately. Something about having the list is important and it's practical. But the practical things that I do help me make room for making art. For making art. It's a balance maybe that needs to be unpacked. I started listening to Brit Marie Was Here by Frederick Backman in the car, maybe a week ago. And I heard this quote, which made me smile. In this context, it made me smile. Those of you who were part of my month-long list challenge last April will appreciate this too. Quote, some people don't understand the value of lists, but Brit Marie is not one of those people. She has so many lists that she has to keep a separate list to list all the lists. Otherwise, anything could happen. She could die. Or forget to buy baking soda. End quote. It's definitely a funny moment, but it was an interesting quote. And those of you who are planner people or keep a traveler's notebook or keep some form of bullet journal and have a log of your lists, you know, you know exactly what that's about. 
I am the art. The art is me. So that is it for today. That is it. I know it is a little bit of a hodgepodge show and it is not a pen on paper show and it probably feels a little bit different, but I'm going to go with it. And I want to go with it so I can keep moving on because I do want to talk about drawing. And I saw the greatest book today about portraits that I really want to talk about, too. But that's a few shows off because I have to clear things out of my head one by one. So thank you for listening all the way through today. Thank you to those of you who bought postcards from series one. It was a hard thing for me to do for a whole bunch of reasons. And I appreciate those of you who supported me once again in that way. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. These show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. That's my personal account where I share my drawings. And you can find the Creativity Matters Podcast at Creativity Matters Podcast at Instagram. And that is the one where I will make any show announcements, show updates, episode announcements, and so on. You can find me in the Creativity Matters group at Facebook. If you are interested in a small creative group, please check us out. Thank you again to those of you who support the show at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. I have been, as some of you know, I have been considering different kinds of things I might could make available or offer. And there is a survey posted on the Facebook page for Creativity Matters where you can weigh in on what kinds of things you might be interested in. Thank you to those of you who already did that. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a great week, everyone.